Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. And it's an incredible weekend of motorsport throughout the world. Uh, it was Sacre Bleu in France, Ugh. Formula One, there's Formula Two. Um, there was a bit of W Series, which we'll come on to as well. You'll never guess who won the W Series race, but we will come on to that in a moment. NASCAR, IndyCar, uh, Superbikes, there's so much action going on. Uh, booing in NASCAR, booing. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll Don't come on tell to Lewis Hamilton. They were booing the winner in NASCAR. Well, was he the winner? We'll come on to that in a moment. But, <laughs> um, uh, but first, I think we should pay tribute to a motorsport legend, a great, which was uh, the, the uh, Paddy Hopkirk, who very oh. famous of racing minis. And um, not quite your era, Tiff, but certainly <laughs> some fond memories of Paddy. Oh, lovely man. He was president of the BRDC. So, I, you know, I interviewed him at the Silverstone Classic several times. I meet him at BRDC occasions and just a lovely, charming, charming man. Quite a few promo jobs I did, but I was a BMW ambassador. He was, of course, mini when it was BMW. We'd, we'd be together having a laugh, you know. And he was just the most gorgeous man, you know. He's a bit like a Murray Walker-style person from rally. He actually raced quite a lot. People think he was just a rally driver, but he started off racing TR2s and Austin Healy's and he did things like the Mealy Miglia and um, uh, Targa Florio and things. And amazing, because, you know, he was racing in the 50s and 60s and then rallying became the main thing. And then, of course, he won the Monte Carlo rally, so historically... People always forget that when he won that, I do point out, not detracting from his achievement, that it was a handicap formula when he first won it. In fact, the big American car on Volvo was actually quickest overall, but that's a minute, don't want to spoil a good story. But no, you know, he was 89 years old, had a wonderful life, and he will always be fondly, very fondly remembered. We, we, I, I didn't know a great deal about him, I'll be honest with you, but a few years ago we did something with Mini. They did a, a modern-day tribute Paddy Hopkirk car, which was red with the white, uh, if you yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, white so yeah so it was uh, interesting to find out a little bit about the man then um okay so formula one paul ricard oh poor old ferrari poor old charles what's going on well i mean it's it, there's a couple well, of the, things there because there's a bit of a mess with ferrari and their strategy there's no question um yeah well there wasn't really on that occasion the strategy i think we'll go on to the, the science thing um uh, i mean with charlie about the <clears throat> oh, sorry. I mean, the worst thing is it was the French Grand Prix. I love the way those. Um, I'm going to cough again now. Make a noise. <clears throat> the um, the French flags had obviously given out to the crowd. It was wonderful. It's a huge grandstand. Of course, one of the biggest grandstands where he ended up putting in the barriers. But it was going to be such a great home victory, and but it might not have been. I mean, it was a fantastic race. This was the thing, you know. Max had pushed him, couldn't get past him. Wore his tires out trying to push him, so he pitted first. Uh, Ferrari would then say, well, we'll stay out for five more laps. I mean, Leclerc was going to come back out behind Max because Max obviously was quicker on the new tyres, having stopped earlier. So he would have had this race of um, Leclerc on, on newer tyres chasing down Max and hopefully taking the lead on the last lap and all those French flags would have been waving like mad. Um, but it didn't happen. I mean, you know, he was pushing. That's the whole point, you know, because he knew that... He, he was losing tenths of a second every lap because Max yeah. Max was out on the fresher tyres. So the gap when he came out of the pits was just getting bigger and bigger. He knew he was going to come out behind. So he was pushing, you know, 10 tenths, you know, 100% flat out. And he just overstepped the mark by a couple of miles an hour or something tiny and off he went. 
Um, it was such, yeah, a, it such a shame and you felt for him so much. We all make mistakes at that yeah. highest level. Well, yeah. In fact, we, we talked about when we watched the motorbike, we've often said a MotoGP, you know, leaders, you know, falling out, you know, crashing on their own in the lead. We, we, we've always said that. You never see that in motor race. You never see a Grand Prix driver fall off while in the lead, uh, which happens quite often in MotoGPs and twos. Uh, so it was a, a shot, but of course he'd fallen off earlier. Monza, he, he wasn't, no, not Imola, he fell off, didn't he, while chasing. Um, so, oh, I but feel all, so but sorry of, for him. I feel sorry for him as well, but of all the circuits in the world to fall off, you would think Paul <laughs> Ricard, you've got a fairly good chance of getting <laughs> back on again because yeah. there's so much runoff area. Um, and and uh, Tiff, is it a race? I mean, two, a two-horse race in, in a field, in a large field? Well, it's, it's a Grand Prix, Paul. Yeah, you youngsters in your caterums and Formula Fords. I was talking about Formula Fords. You talk about caterum racing, where it's racing from corner one to the last corner. Uh, you know, Grand Prix are tactical, they're long distance. So of course, we lost, you know, science at the back of the grid, so we only had one Ferrari up front. Uh, Perez was having another off weekend, and I, I just tweeted today how um, Autosport magazine, um, what was the quote on the front page of, the, of last Thursday's magazine? Um, it was something like, you know, oh, yes, has Perez ended the Red Bull curse? You know, there's now a number two driver that can max Verstappen, max, max, whatever it was, match, max. Um, but, of course, he didn't all weekend, Enrico. He was slurring in qualifying, and then he got overtaken at the start of the race. Um, you know, by Lewis. And uh, then, of course, he got attacked by George, literally. Uh, we'll go on to that maybe later. So, you know, if, 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 you know, if Perez was on the pace and we'd had the other Ferrari up there and the Mercedes just get a bit quicker, we could, for the first time in since forever, have six cars, you know, dicing for the lead of a Grand Prix. I mean, it won't be like Caterham's. So, It'll so be what, tactical. So if Mercedes get a bit quicker, but Mercedes were quicker, two of their cars were quicker than the Red Bull. Uh, it happened to be the driver. Well, in the race scenario, they see that is probably qualifying. They can't yeah. just get the single lap times. Maybe maybe they're tweaking the, uh, the Honda engine up a bit and the Ferrari engines up a bit, you know, risking the, the, the engineering for the race. But uh, it could have been a great Grand Prix. But I mean, it was it was entertaining with them with uh, George. <laughs> I don't know, George. Sometimes he's the calmest. You know, he's a sort of you know quiet little schoolboy. But then he shouts and moans quite loudly. And I think he was so wrong with that overtaking. I don't know where this other new rule. We went through the we went through the outside. Didn't we when we went back to Austria. We relooked at the going around the outside rule. You know, they've got this stupid new rule that if your nose is half an inch ahead of the apex, you got the right of way. But of course, the bloke on the inside was fully committed, and we talked about that. The clashes were inevitable. And now, apparently, according to George, if you've even got your front wheel level with the rear wheel of the other car, you've got the line into the corner. Well, I mean, but George was the ne fact, he never he had the corner. Never, so he, no, no. he never had the corner. He's tried well, to. He needed all the road, didn't he? So, I mean, the only way to not have an accident, Perez would have said, oh, yes, George has got his front wheel level with my rear wheel. I will now have to go straight ahead because yeah. otherwise we will crash. Yeah, which is um, ridiculous. It, Absolutely yeah, ridiculous. So, and, it, and it took Toto Wolf to come on the radio and say, calm, calm down, him boy. down. Yeah. Put your head I mean, down and, and get on with it. But, but get, get on with it. So the safety car definitely helped George. I think we should talk about that now. Uh, and a spectacular. I thought, what's he doing? He's leaving too much of a gap. But <laughs> well, yeah, I was to say, that was what I was about to say. Because <laughs> I need to just look at the rule book. I mean, it, so the virtual safety comes comes out. The drivers have to drive. Eat. I don't know how many segments the tracks are made up of. I think there's multiple, a lot more segments than just the three we've seen yeah, in qualifying lap time. So each segment, you have to do at a certain time, a certain average speed. 
But like you, we had this, as Perry said, that it came up safety car ending. And that usually happens pretty quickly. Every time we've lost his virtue, it happens quite. I think it's supposed to be between five and 12 seconds or something, according to Perez, something like that. But George suddenly left this massive gap of the whole Mistral straight. I thought, flipping out, if they flick the switch and go yeah. green, he's going to look a right mug. You know, what is he doing? Um, then luckily, in a way, the virtual it, it extended longer and he just caught Perez right when they switched the switch off and Paris was caught napping and George jumped him, but it was bizarre. I, a, why did George leave such a huge gap when, as I understand it, the safety car it could have been switched any second? And, you know, it was all a bit bizarre. But then, of course, that moaning on the radio, Chico every time, oh. he went off at turn six. Oh. He went off at turn six. <laughs> Let the organisers run it. Let the organisers yeah. pick track limits. Because I think track limits actually have been working really well. I mean, they are observing it. They've got the idea now that that's a wall. You know, I don't want to damage my two wheels. Instead, I don't want a five-second penalty. And I think they're, I think it's good. It's beginning to work. Well, we'll um, come on to Porsche Super Cup in a moment where I don't think it works yeah. so well at the same circuit. But, um, uh, but, but yeah, Ocon, think... Ocon, another crash dive as well of that chicane where George did was, was Ocon taking that. It's another thing yeah. we had to discuss in a way. Poor old um, Yuki Sonoda, qualified eighth, had a good qualifying because Gasly was having another miserable French weekend. He couldn't get his car to work in qualifying. But Ocon smashes into him on the first corner, you know, and gets the five second, the traditional five seconds for causing a collision. But it's the question of whether you say, Okay, causing a collision, what happens up, the result of it is irrelevant. You must have the same punishment for causing a collision, whether it's a tap or a... Because um, when, you know, Yuki's out for the race and Ocon goes on to be the best French finisher in eighth place or wherever he finished, um, it doesn't seem just, does it? And I think there has to be a different penalty. <laughs> then you'd have to have a, an opinion of a steward because it's not a written rule. Um that's dangerous. What damage you cause? Well, do you not think that should be looked at, though? No? Yeah, I do think. I do think because a five-second penalty for for ruining someone's race is just yeah. horrific for the other person, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there, there, there's if you ruin somebody's race, there should be something more significant. But it's a very you're going onto dodgy ground there. But I, I'm I'm with you because it's nothing worse. You know, we've we've all been there where you have your race ruined within the first corner, and and then. Yeah. And the other person goes on and finishes on the wins the or race. Or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, but it'd be hard because of course once you set a precedent, you know, you'd have to say, okay, okay, you know, putting some if someone retires that you hit. So say you could do it later in the race. If you've caused the collision, then if that bloke retires, you then have a drive-through stop and go. Something a bit more serious. You know, maybe you have to wait and wait until the other car's damage has been analysed. But then you'd have to write a rule because you couldn't have a. An opinion you can't have you know okay well what should we give make one up you've always the trouble that's the trouble with formula one there has to be a specific penalty for every offense otherwise the, the stewards are accused of you know changing their minds not being consistent so but i so think it, if, the, if the car you hit retires in the race i'd have a drive-through stop and go and a drive-through stop and go at paul ricard would have been one of the most severe ones because it's about 30 <laughs> yeah. odd seconds just to go in and out of pit lane so i'm going to ask you a couple of questions so um a couple of drivers that are they performing or not you've just mentioned um, Perez and he had his little purple patch and we thought he was back and we thought and Motorsport UK mentioned him as well. Only one Monaco because he crashed in qualifying and stopped Verstappen out qualifying. So, Let's always remember that. He's very good, very, very good and we all love him. But do we do all of them? I don't know. I don't I don't I think he's very oh, dull to be him. honest with you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's quite dull to be honest. He's a bit moody, a bit Latin American moody at times. All right, well let's go on to someone that's never moody. 
But should he still have his seat? Daniel Ricciardo. This is a big thing. He has been completely and utterly outclassed in qualifying and racing. I, th- I think he'll go. He was hanging on what it, the shirt tails were. But why uh, not go now? Rebuild, regroup, oh, get rid of Daniel. Oh, he's the nicest man contracts, on the grid. He's the happiest man on the grid. He's, he's such a legal. brilliant man to have around. But, but get rid of him and get somebody else in now. Ready for next yeah. season? Yeah, but the ones that the, the ones they want committed elsewhere. They all do it. They're doing IndyCar and all sorts of other stuff yeah. as well. But but I'd, I'd, I'd put a, I'd put a temporary junior in. You me know, too. Be maybe yeah, just yeah, someone. Okay, you haven't got a deal for next year, but we're going to give you five Grand Prix out of the blue, but no no contract for next year. Yeah. If- Frustrates me so much. There's some, yeah, Pistari, or, or, um, Oscar Pistari. Piastri, he, yeah, Piastri, 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 I beg your pardon. But what amazing opportunity for someone like yeah, him. He's I a know Renault he, contract. I know he is. I know, Actually, I know. Ocon's, Ocon might have to go as well because Ocon, you know, Alonso just keeps on beating him. And, uh, you know, Piastri is sitting there. He's the official uh, Alpine test driver, isn't he? Reserve. So, I and that's brilliant with Alonso, by the day. way. Hasn't he done well? It's just, the, it's, you know, he's making me my hat because I'm saying, oh, he's too well, old. Too. And... I know, I know. <laughs> I want him to go. I want another seat for a youngster, you know. But he does keep on performing on track, bless him. He really does give everything in the races. You know, he jumped the start, but didn't jump, made a fantastic start. And he, who was he ahead of? He was ahead of George, wasn't he? Poor old George had to yeah. sort him out before he could go and chase after the others. So well, he's in, still ter- there. in terms of old so, dogs, science, you haven't mentioned the Ferrari thing or science oh, of number two drivers. Um, I think Ferrari were completely right. I think that was just because science was being exciting and got third place. Well, he just taken second or third place, hadn't he? But but I think they knew the tyres wouldn't last. I think that was the thing. You know, he was because he started in the whites, which everyone else was now on, and he was now on the yellows, which was why he was moving up so quickly. But I think they knew the tyres would have worn out. He had to have a, a pit stop at some stage. Um, so maybe best to have it now. So I think it's it's a bit harsh to criticise Ferrari for their tactics. Okay. Would you disagree? Well, I do a little bit at the time. I just think that if he kept going, unless it was a risk and they were going to the canvas going to come through and there's a chance for a well, blowout, yeah, then I probably would have preferred to see him because all the tyres were going off ever so. So um, yeah. he had he seemed to have more pace than anybody. He got into third place behind Lewis. And, but, but he was had, on yellow. So he was on fresh yellow tyres. So. But I just think it was quite funny, the whole Ferrari thing. It gets endorsed when <laughs> you have them telling him on a team radio, pit, 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 after they just said, no, don't pit. And then they say, pit, 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 as he's doing a, no, a mega overtake well, move. Well, yeah, but they, that was to us, then, wasn't it? They relayed the transmission, you know, not live. Uh, so obviously that had been told to him maybe half a lap earlier, but we saw it being said just as he dived up the inside. It was a bit like poor old Charles, which I think was live, which some people started thinking, oh, he's throttle stuck open, he's throttle stuck open. But the poor, that was when he was buried in the barriers, trying to get reverse gear desperately. <laughs> no throttle, no throttle, no throttle, you know. Poor, ah! It was most poor dramatic man. on board. That would be the headlines, I think, in what's that driving to that thing? program that fictitious Drive program they do once a year yeah that would that would be big time the screaming the scream the every poor old ferrari mechanic in the pit box yeah so paul oh. ricard a masterclass from max verstappen he was very patient uh he yeah. didn't do anything silly which is uh, no. good to see so he's maturing lewis hamilton's 300th grand prix second yeah, on the on the podium second. so yeah. very 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 solid for him do you know since 1992 so for 30 years either lewis hamilton or michael schumacher have won in a race I won a race in a season, mm. sorry, since 1992. Isn't that an incredible stat? For so Lewis has got a half a dozen races to yeah, get that hope, to another year. 
Yeah. I th- have Mercedes got a race win in the, this season? They have, haven't they? Because look at I last think so, season. Yeah. Ocon yeah, won yeah. last season, you know. A Gasly won, I beg your pardon. So, you know, there's a... There's always that sort of one bit of a fluke and, and something well, going hungry happen. next weekend. Hungry. A lot of corners, not many straights. Well, that will suit, you know, because obviously uh, the, the Red Bull's got this straight line advantage at the moment. Yeah. So, so we'll anyway, see, it was, we'll uh, there was lots of lots of stuff to talk about, if, even if the race was so frustrating. But we had the action of George and um, Perez. Yeah, not much action, but there was a bit of action. <laughs> was a bit of action. Okay, so... All right, Formula 2. Plenty of action, Formula 2. As always, the sprint race was won by someone that qualified ninth in this case. Liam Lawson won the uh, sprint race, having qualified ninth, started second. But actually, he's highly rated Lawson before this season. He's, he's a Red Bull protégé. Um, and he started the season really well, finished second by Theo Porcher, another highly rated uh, staff of the future of Bahrain. But since then, the championship's gone in a different direction. We all thought it might be Porcher versus Lawson for the whole season, but neither's really been knocking in the wins. Uh, and this Felipe Drugovic, the I'm sure it's not pronounced that like, like that because he's Brazilian, has been piling on the points and leads the championship. Uh, but the main race, we had another Red Bull parade. Last weekend, we were talking about Formula 3, when I pointed out that, um, that the French kid... Isaac Hajar was, you know, a surprise winner, but he's, you know, suddenly coming up. And this weekend, it was another Red Bull uh, slow burner, uh, Ayuma Iwasa, who got a great pole position and walked away with the main race. So a couple of Red Bull boys that we might hear of a lot more in the future. Um, we need another Japanese driver. Yuki's still having troubles. Maybe he could be look at Yuki's seat saying, oh, I'm the best Japanese driver. He's been a bit unlucky. That's, it, I know, I agree. Yeah, Yuki. I think Yuki deserves one more season. So give Iwasa, because this is he's a rookie season F2 at Wasa. So give Iwasa a second year of F2 would be my advice. But it's funny, isn't it, how your results? I mean, he was French Formula 4 champion in 2020. They did Formula 3 last year, but was 12th in the points. You know, you should think, well, okay, he's not really that good. He won a Formula 4 championship. You know, he had one reverse grid win last year. But this year, he's been really showing form as a Formula 2 rookie, and the car suits him. So uh, a big, grinning Japanese kid on the podium, which is nice to see. Uh, Porsche Super Cup, we always make track I mean, it, Hang on. If you watch, did you watch it? I, so I did watched. see, well, I wanted to see Harry... Um, yeah, Harry King, yeah. Harry King win. Obviously. Yeah. So... The track limits but, were a joke. Well, no. So obviously they didn't have any. I and mean, this is what nobody announced the commentators. The commentators didn't even mention it. But to me, it was a great, if you watched both that and the Formula One, it was a fantastic demonstration of how well it's working in Formula One because they weren't wild and silly. Even Formula Two, they're learning now because so many got excluded and penalised in Austria. But the supercar, I mean, so someone dives up your inside and does a reasonable overtake. And so what the bloke on being overtaken now on the outside did was just stay full throttle, go shooting completely off the road, keep his momentum and rejoin the track, still holding the position. And it happened time and time again. And they were just straight line in the corner where poor old Schumacher got pinged, which I was so harsh because Mick was going, <laughs> he was going to be a top 10 qualifier maybe, you know. Um, they had that bollard didn't they, on the right, which unfortunately was just, over a car width from the track. So you probably sort of apex on the bollard and he just got both all four wheels inside the white line, which I think you can't shortcut apexes. It gives a huge advantage. So he was pinged. Um, but every Porsche was just doing every lap and they were just going right up last. So if you watch the Porsches, that's why we need track limits. Otherwise, and Harry King, he... Oh, yeah, he got his second place. I like make it. He was elated <laughs> with his second place. He was very happy with I his know. second. It shows how tough it is out there. 
But he was a second behind for the whole race because he, so he doesn't get going. He didn't get going very quickly in the British Grand Prix race. He seems to be that first lap's not his best. And he's a sharpen up on his first lap pace. But all of a sudden, I can, I can give some tips lap, here because I've only got one good yeah, lap in me. That's the first. Yeah, the first. <laughs> and the rest of it's rubbish. <laughs> but Harry caught him the last couple of laps. He suddenly went half a second. I don't know whether the guy in front was backing off a bit or they had team orders, maybe, you know, let him catch up, but don't let him pass. But yeah, it was great. Harry was delighted, you know, quite so. He's, he's a, they've got a five-week break now, so he's only got three more goes this year for him to win. Oh, I hope um, he wins. He's, he's they've a... got Spa. Spa is great, actually. He races in the Belgian Championship as well, better looks, Belgium, Luxembourg, Holland. And he's had a win at Spa, I think. And at Zandvoort as well as around. So also he's raced and won at Zandvoort this year in the, in the better looks championship then at Monza. So Monza's a bit of lottery in Porsche. So they'll all be bashing each other over. <laughs> but um, yeah, come on, Harry, three to go. But yeah. <laughs> We want a, a Harry King. Run. We want a Harry King win. Um, should we go on to W Series? Is it? Time? Oh yes. <laughs> You're never gonna. See, you never ever gonna guess who won. It's gonna shock no. you who's won <laughs> for the seventh time in a row. Um, uh, Jamie Chadwick. I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I saw a tweet today. You know, I bet they regret bringing her back. You know, she's making all the others look average. And unfortunately, when she's been out in the in the real world, she's been a bit average. So, but I mean, I think we've got to keep up. There was ah. Oh, 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 Jenny Gow tweeted, you know. I saw it. Why hasn't this woman been offered the best Formula 3 seat? You know, well, because, because there's about 15 Formula 3 drivers and 15 Formula 2 drivers that have, that have done better than her and deserve the drives more. And the trouble is you have to look outside what Jamie's done. I think Jamie actually, she knows. In my honest opinion, she had an F3 offer, I think. I would gamble a few hundred, well, 10 quid, um, that she had a decent form of three offer. But she knows if she goes there, she's not going to be winning. She's going to be exposed. She's enjoying this. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. I mean that in the nicest possible way. She is super talented. Look, she's blowing this field away. Yeah. Uh, week in, week out. She is... I mean, it was a bold move. On that first lap move around the outside, she didn't make the best start. She put back to the third place. Was it more white line controversy because she got pinged for leaving the pit lane. But she's a wonderful ambassador for women drivers. And the whole W Series, what people must just hold back a bit, the idea is that it's now getting eight-year-olds into karting. It's getting girls, more girls karting. We will find, we keep on saying every week, you know, Louisa, Louisa Hamilton or uh, Max and Maxine uh, Verstappen. We will find that brilliantly talented girl one day. But she's not on that grid yet. So, you know, you're not going to get someone leaping so what would you what forward. would you do, uh, and our listeners? What would you do? Because you you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get five hundred thousand dollars a year, <laughs> all of your yeah. motoring paid for, no sponsor yeah. worries, nothing whatsoever. Well, and, ambassadorial and, and, worries. She was at the French Open tennis, wasn't she? Yeah. Was at the tennis. She's or, a celebrity. You can go and join Formula Three or Formula Two, and you can finish at the back of the pack. Yeah. Literally making excuses like I do every time I go out and race, <laughs> and say, "Yeah, the car wasn't on it, or the oh. tires, or this, or that," because that's all it is. She is. Oh, she's, not, she's not. She's, there are so many people that would just absolutely blow her away in Formula Two and Formula yeah. Three. And on Twitter, people are saying she should have a Formula One drive, which is very, very naive because she's just she's just an incredible ambassador, incredible driver, but yeah. she's just not that. She's, she's, she's not the world's best. And when you, if you look at everybody as an individual, whether they're male, female, no. whatever they yeah. happen to be, she's not yeah. as good as others. She's she's bravely talking about doing indie lights. I think she's always got offers from all over the world. You know, I mean, Silvestri. There are plenty of teams that would run her because she's a, a very publicity savvy girl. You know. 
Well, she's so, brilliant. Yeah. She's squeaky clean. She's fun. She's yeah. she's articulate. She's yeah. she looks great. She you know she ticks every single box. But in I terms- think she should get a she get a good GT drive going because of course she won the GT British Why GT would she want to leave GT4. W Series? Why <laughs> well, would she you- want to leave ever? Well, you could have more winners in, in GT3 racing. You know, you've got a co-driver and everything else going. It's a lot more involved in, in finishing well. So. She, yeah, will, so, she will never ever leave W Series as long as she has. As long as they uh, let her race. As long as they let her race. You know, they, they've got to stop. Let otherwise the others are all looking stupid. You know, because it's the same same girl winning. Oh, Abby Eaton. I have to mention Abby because what a shame. She qualified her best six. That's a bad luck. Oh, well, it was pe- people moving a straight line. We talked about this, didn't we? We yeah. talked about it at the British Grand Prix. We talked about it after Bel- Belgium Austrian Grand Prix when Gasly hit. And I think it was the girl. She was in a as I've written. I think they're both, but a, Mar- a Marcia sandwich, a Spanish sandwich. So the girl who was second on the grid made a bad start. So the girl, so Abby Eason was the right-hand side. And this, the fourth place, Marcia, made a bad start also, but still moved left to try and go round the car in front of her. And they just squeezed Abby. Abby was going into a space much quicker than the car in front of her. And they just moved too much on the grid and she was taken out. I was, I was happy her neck didn't get damaged again. Yeah, she was right too. up in the crunching the... Yeah. She has an so airtime again. It wasn't good for the rest of Alice Powell, fifth, which for her isn't very good. You know, she'd be very upset probably being fifth. And Sarah Moore, Abby pulling Jess Hawkins, eighth, ninth, and tenth. So apart from our queen out front, it wasn't such a good weekend for the for the British girls in W series. Okay. So let's go over the pond. Let's go to NASCAR, where there was <laughs> don't tell Lewis Hamilton, but there was plenty of blue booing in NASCAR. Oh, his daughter came tears. on. His, his daughter also... was in tears, you know. Yeah. But it's like they had the family. I don't know whether the daughter was in tears because daddy had won the race, you know, and become the, the most most winning Pocono driver. Denny Hamlin, um, who we're talking about. By this the is way. Denny Hamlin, who won the on the road. We'll come to that one later. Uh, because he's had this grudge with, with the mellow man, uh, Ross Chastain. Who, I mean, Chastain's a hard racer, but he, he's been a bit clumsy a couple of times. And unfortunately, both the times he's been a bit clumsy is Denny Hamlin, the veteran, the number 11. He's put Denny Hamlin the wall twice. And Hamlin, I'll get back to him. They have this thing in Anasco. You don't go the regular, you don't go to the rule, rule makers and get one race bands. You just say, I'll sort you out later, boy. Don't you worry. And so there was a right thing last weekend. They were in close. I think it was... Um, Chastain was right at Hamlin's tail again last week, and we were all terrified he'd hit him again. But it came to and it came to pass <laughs> on a restart with about about thirty six laps to go. The front row lineup was Denny Hamlin on the inside and Ross Chastain on the outside. And this track is the Pocono. They call it the Tricky Triangle because it's got five corners or only three, depending on how you add up corners, which in NASCAR is quite confusing. Um, and it's quite a flat track, but they can run about three lanes around there, so three three wide round the corners. So it's quite it's an entertaining track. There've been loads of exciting racing spin-outs, as usual, NASCAR drama. But off they go on the green light. Hamlin's on just and Chastain decides he's going to go round the outside of Hamlin, which, if he'd thought about it, I think for about three seconds, might have thought, maybe, oh, maybe I should duck out of this, but. Um, Hamlin Julie went wider and unnecessarily wider. And oh dear, you haven't got much room now. And you're on the dirt, aren't you, Ross? He's on the grid, the, the uh, tire rubble. And of course, he hit the wall. 
So if um, anyone didn't see the interview afterwards, he said, well, what do, you, what do you want me to do? He said, as long as he, I'll keep doing it as long as he, uh, as, until he gives me respect. So he, he, was, he wasn't backing down at all, was he? No, Hamlin's manners. He's, he's got a bit of a nasty manner at times, I think. He doesn't sort of try and laugh. I mean, Ross Chastain tried to laugh it off a bit. You know, do you think it's over now? And Ross sort of, oh, oh, I hope so, so I hope so. Um, the mellow man. The, the troubling thing when you take revenge... It's not just the bloke you want to have revenge on, because of course Chastain spun. You know, he was a front two on the grid, yeah. opening lap. You know, there's another thirty cars coming behind you, uh, and unfortunately, or luckily, only one hit him, and it was the four car of oh, got his name now. Why do I start these things without writing enough notes? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's having a rotten season, and he was the one that nailed Chastain. The only only two it was only a two car crash, so it did take someone else, an innocent party, out. You're taking revenge can can uh, cause problems for others. I can't stop looking at their flares on their race suits, the NASCAR boys. Yeah, you got to have flares. You got to have flares. <laughs> have you ever owned a race suit with flares? <laughs> have you, However, have it you wasn't ever owned all a race joint. suit with flares? I need to know this. No, it's very unfortunately important. not. The Imsa boys, there's Corvette boys set up at Le Mans, don't they? The Imsa boys wear the flares. <laughs> I'd quite like a pair, to be honest. <laughs> I would. Um, but of course, it wasn't all joy at the end, Danny Hamblin, because they got disqualified. He and um, who was coming second? Second, second, second. I'll tell you. Um, I've got it on my nose. His teammate. <laughs> It's Joe Gibbs' teammate, Kyle. Yes. So Kyle, they were, they were both Kyle Bush. They, yeah, not last. So the two Toyota, the Joe Gibbs racing team guys, have both been disqualified since the end of the race for apparently some some dodgy aero stuff going on on the front of their their front fascia. So they both got pinged. They obviously appealed, so the results are still pending. Chase Elliott has now been awarded the win uh, in his Chevy, so it's an Elliott win. So, but it's a shame for the Joe Gibbs team. Because another great story, another sort of sort of thing you'll get in NASCAR, you'll never see. And we talked to him a minute ago about Ricardo stepping down to give a young driver a chance in a Formula One car. Um, but uh, oh, now I get all the names wrong again. <laughs> Kyle's uh, brother, Kyle's brother, Mr. Bush, yeah, Mr. Oh, Bush's brother, Kyle Bush, Kurt. So Kurt Bush had a big shunt in qualifying, banged his head. It was a big impact going backwards, and they wouldn't let him race. They checked him out. So they always like to run some reserve driver gun the car. So the, he raced also with Joe Gibbs' teams. They put 19-year-old Ty Gibbs, the grandson of Joe Gibbs, who's, who's one, he's in, he's in the former two, Xfinity. And in fact, on the Saturday, he came second in a really exciting finish with, with Jack Gregson uh, battling to the line. So he came second in the Xfinity race. So he said, um, OK, you're in Formula One tomorrow. Well, do I test the car? No. <laughs> well, well, do I get some practice laps? No. No, we're going to put you on the grid, at the back of the grid, in a Formula One car, and you'll be racing in, in, the, in, the, in the cup car, which you've never driven tomorrow. Uh, and he, Wait, what other sensible, top leading motorsport would you ever in. do that? So uh, anyway, he, he stayed on the road. He was very sensible. And he finished 16th out of the, what, 33-car field or whatever it was. 35. So Kenny it, Hamlin finished 35th in the end. That's oh, the position like that. here. So it would have been <laughs> such a good story. The, top, with the Joe Gibbs cars finishing first and second and uh, you know, Ty Gibbs finishing 15th, 16th. So it would have been yeah. a wonderful party that night. Instead, it's, it's all a bit gone scandal. Yeah. Oh, well. <sighs> so so I would like to say it was a bit more exciting in IndyCar, but other than them looking fantastic and great uh, camera work, 
God, yeah. it was boring. It was going... I know. 300 laps. I'm not Ram. sure, yeah. Ram. It's a... Ram. Yeah, all right. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. <laughs> the seven-eighths mile um, Iowa track. And I'm, I'm a bit with you on this one. I know it's... it's wow, wow. It is a bit wow, wow. The good thing is they can go too wide, or in some cases we'll come to later three wide, because it's quite a flat track. Uh, and it, they've got this grip stuff and everything else that helps. Was that a Pocono? I'm getting mixed up now. They, is it NASCAR? Well, they put extra grip around the outside so they can go oh, through. I don't know. Wide. I didn't know that. Anyway, um, the funny thing is, it seems like the sort of track that only about four cars made their tyres last. And it seemed to be a regular bunch out front, and everybody else would, would spring. I mean, Ericsson was just storming from about 15th to overtaking everyone around the outside in, in race. Well, it was two races, a doubleheader weekend. And all of a sudden, he's just falling backwards massively slower because the tyres go off. And you have, you have people that have been lapped, real backmarkers that are pitted earlier coming, and they're overtaking the leaders because they've now got fresh tyres on. So you get this bizarre jumble and variety of speeds, which makes the whole thing weird to watch at times. I do, it is hard to follow those races when there's just so much. But there's virtually sort of three cars that dominated all weekend. The three cars that got their setup right, Joseph Newgart and Pato Award and Will Power, we're just always running sort of fairly yeah. nose to tail out front while everybody else went up to the front, down to the back, up to the front, spun off and everything else. Um, so Newgarten just cruised the race one and was cruising the race two when he had a suspension failure um, after about 250 laps of the three. It was 300 laps was the second race on the Sunday. Uh, had a big shunt. Um, he seemed all right afterwards, but he, he had, he, had a, he fainted later on in the evening last That's night. That's right. Yeah, but that was because uh, apparently he fell over. over. They said that wasn't connected, but it must. It be. wasn't a faint. Well, he's had yeah. all the scans, I think. So I don't know the full result, but hopefully he's he's perfectly all right. Um, but Pato Award, who followed home in second yep. on day one, won the second race because he was like the second best car. Will Power, who had been third in the first race, came second in the, the second best, race. It, best name. It just for seems a- like. Best name yeah, for, a, for a motor driver. If it, well, if, in fact, if his name was Max, that'd be better, wouldn't it? But uh, but Will will take. Max. So yeah, it was a funny race. Those, those three sort of had the car set up that worked. Jack Harvey, Jack Harvey, no. British driver, didn't do very no, he well. Qualified he, about eight. He, he I think, was doing well in race the, two. Yeah, and the then he just three. dropped like a stone. I'm not, yeah. I looked at him. He was, he was eighth, and then he was ninth, and he's eighth, and he's ninth. Then they went to a commercial break, and he came back, and he was like sixteenth and seventeenth. You know, they just as soon as it you know, the tires go, you're just struggling to hang in there. Callum Eilot's really doing well now, but he's in a single car team. He hasn't got a, you know, hasn't got a co-driver, um, the co-driver teammates that he can get set up from. And he had a 12th and 11th, and he's really beginning to shine, Callum. So hopefully he's got an IndyCar future ahead of him. He didn't, didn't quite make the Formula Maybe he'll come back to Formula One. Maybe McLaren should put him in. Do you know what? He's a lovely um, lad as well. He's a really yeah. nice lad. So, um, I, yeah, I like Of course, you've got, talking of Americans from McLaren, you've got Logan Sarge. Actually, no, he's a Williams driver. He was unfortunate, Logan, because he, he was, um, you know, he's had his two poles, he's had the win and stuff. He was right on the pace again in Paul Ricard, and then he had a pit stop when something worked. He never came back out again. Yeah, it doesn't matter where these kids are. If they got, if they got immense talent, someone like Toto Wolff or, or, or whoever, mm. take, them in, get them into Toto. your team. Get them in. <laughs> but actually, the star of, of, of the IndyCar for me was, was Jimmy Johnson, because, you know, here's this 48, 48-year-old. 48 I haven't got his age right. He's old. Not as old as me, but he's old for racing driver. And of course, he's given up NASCAR. He's in that wonderful NASCAR race to sort of have him test himself in IndyCar. He didn't do the ovals last year. He just wanted a road course. He's to experience that. He was always right at the back. Anyway, he was he was making turn three work, lane three. I mean, nobody else was. And the onboards of Jimmy had a spin, I think, in race one, recovered. 
And he was going around the outside of people in the third lane, right next to the grey area where all the rubble is. If you get two wheels in, right in the grey area, used in, in the wall. And he was the re- he came through the fifth place in race two, overtaking around the outside. So Jimmy Johnson made the whole watching that race to be worthwhile. And I can tell you that Re- Jimmy Johnson is 46 years old. He'd be 47 years 46. old on September the 17th, shares a birthday with my dear old mother. So uh, who, who races the number four car in NASCAR? I'll get that in my head. I don't know. Who races number four? That's the trouble. You always remember the numbers. That's the way NASCAR do it in the four. You know, it's always the number four, the number 18. I can remember all the numbers more than the names. That's always the way. But he's the former champion. I mean, it's ridiculous for me to remember his name. Uh, um, NASCAR, Kevin? Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, of course. Dear <laughs> and he was having a miserable year, miserable season. He's in, the, he's in the final 16 on points alone, but then he got taken out by you know the spinning Ross Chastain thanks to Hamlin taking revenge. So I know you love probably... your, I know you love your NASCAR and your IndyCar and it's brilliant that we do motorsport from all over the world. But you know this weekend there was British GT at Spa with some yeah. amazing driving, great overtaking. And we don't there's only so much that we much can overtaking. I am talking about yeah, overtaking on yeah. a scale that we just don't even have any idea of in Britain. In fact next weekend, which we'll come to shortly but I'll mention it now if you gave me a first-class ticket to watch the Hungarian Grand Prix <laughs> or a first-class ticket to go to Indianapolis, this weekend at Indianapolis, there was a NASCAR race on the Saturday around the road course and an IndyCar race on the Sunday. Now, <laughs> but, I mean, but, you could... But Tiff, that is the experience. That is, like, Indianapolis is incredible experience. Well, yeah, but they're not on the over. They're not on the same over. It's the, okay. the infield circuit that was built for Grand Prix cars okay. before the tyre before the fiasco. Um, so where would you rather go? Then? I'm giving you a first class ticket. You want to go to, to watch oh, Hungarian? Do you know hey? what? I would go to America because it's just a bit of a crack, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it is the experience. But, uh, no, just for the racing. You're not allowed the, to go. You're not allowed to go and visit the local town or anything. You're going to float straight to the racetrack and sat in the seat at the grandstand. Absolutely no question I would go to Formula 1 because you've got Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3, Paul Super Cup, W Series. It's all there. And there's no question. And I like... Oh, line astern round the twisty turns of Hungary. <laughs> line astern, the lap up the lap, lap up the lap. Uh, okay, <sighs> let's move on to British Superbike. Yeah, the only thing, the only big event in Britain last, uh, yes. back, back to the British Shores, was the British Superbikes. Glorious, Brands Hatch, Grand Prix circuits. I watched a bit of it on telly, I didn't have time to watch it all, but I mean, huge crowd. I mean, that's entertainment. I mean, you've seen those bike boys. And it was it, out front, I mean, there was sort of four of them in most of it. Um, oh, oh uh, blah, 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 he, he was third. Uh, but it was mainly this battle between the teammates, the two uh, Yamaha teammates. Because Jason O'Hallan is uh, well away in the championship and he won the first race. But uh, his, ta- his teammate, Taron McKenzie, who was injured in training, I think, over the winter, he's, he's taken a long time to come back for his injuries. Uh, and he was really, they've had a bit of a winter, a summer break. So Taron's really on it finally. Uh, and he won the last two races. So he beat Jason, his teammate, for two races. I think the final race, they were like rubbing shoulders coming through clearways, you know, battling to the finish line. Uh, it's just amazing stuff. So great entertainment. And But O'Halloran's well out from leading that championship, so I don't think he'll be caught. Good. So next week, we've already mentioned Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3 and W Series from Hungary. Yeah. Um, that you think where, where you'll be you'll be sitting in your grandstand <laughs> which well, I'll be, be in Indianapolis sitting yeah. in my grandstand watching with, two days with a double header there IndyCar and NASCAR World Superbikes go to the Czech Republic what's that yeah. circuit like I don't even know what it's I don't called. know Most. no I'm not sure what Most's like I don't think cars used to race there way back 
Um, BTCC um, are back at Knock Hill. My goodness, that's going to be a demolition derby. That is, <laughs> for those who don't know, Knock Hill is in Scotland and it's a very small, twisty and turny and has some big undulation as well. And the only so, way to overtake is a little nudge on the bumper <laughs> of the car in front of you, which, which is still allowed in, in touring cars to a certain level. I wonder which, so. They'll go the standard way because Knock Hill is one of the few circuits in the world that you can run clockwise and anticlockwise. So yeah, they don't go the standard way. They should go the other way. They should have the, the, other, the second race or, or the last race, reverse grid and send them the other way around. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Uh, the Formula E's? Are E's, in... E's are in London. I haven't <laughs> seen much publicity. You can go along to the uh, XL no. Centre. Not exactly city centre racing, but of course, they, they it's the only place in the world they race indoors. I mean, how oh. exciting is that? Eh? Oh, Nowhere yes. else they race indoors. That's big publicity. Yes, it's huge, Tiff. Um, so what's your predictions for Formula <laughs> 1? So far, last year, the FIL helped, Ma helped Max Verstappen win the uh, title. Looks like Ferrari helping this year. Do you think he's going to do it in Hungary? Who's, who's your top three for the podium? Oh, I'm, I'm happy Lewis is going to win Hungary. I'm going for it. It's going to happen. Lewis is going to win. I'd like to see Lewis. Just to keep that Turn 1992... One. Uh, Turn 1's always dodgy. Turn 1, we could, we could easily lose two of the top six. We don't really want six. We, we want, I want six cars battling to lead the Grand Prix. That would be much stunning. more mature Max Verstappen. He will not be going for any... You heard it here first. He will not be going for anything crazy on turn one. No, because he's with a points lead like he's got. He doesn't need to, does he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and on the points side of things, I think it's very important to say that Mercedes are only 44 points, I think, behind Ferrari yeah. now, which is just incredible. That just shows the consistency uh, is what it's all about. Slow and steady sometimes, but Red Bull look like they're running away with the Manufacturer Championship. We don't really care about anyway, but there you go. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. No booing me. No booing. <laughs> booing. <laughs>